You are listening to the She Means Profit podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com contributor. She Means Profit is a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners just like you become a master at your finances without confusion so that you can increase your profit and net worth. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I'm sharing with you real and actionable advice that will give you the tools to take your financial power back. Let's make some major money moves together. Jamie Galino Davis is a sales leader and strategist in the coaching industry. She's the creator of Standout Sales and a powerhouse of knowledge, experience, and fiercely positive energy. Jamie brings a wealth of valuable teaching in the areas of high-ticket offer conversions, team development, leadership, relationship building, and strategic thinking. Since her entry into coaching, she has personally brought in more than $1 million in evergreen sales for a personal development company in one year, created sales teams that have converted at 70% plus during seven-figure launches and events, and also specializes in live event sales strategy. Hi, Jamie. I'm so excited to welcome you to the show today. So thanks for coming on She Means Profit. Oh, thank you so much for Melissa. I'm so excited to be here. And also, before we dive in, huge congratulations to you on your book, Cash Aww. Confidence. Oh my goodness. When <laughs> I read it, I was like, so much of what we do works together hand in hand. And I love how you're serving all of these amazing entrepreneurs. So congratulations, because I know writing a book is a big feat and you did an excellent job. Oh, thanks, Jamie. I appreciate that. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show, because you're right, sales and money management go hand in hand. And a lot of clients struggle with the sales part. And I'm guilty of it as well, sometimes where I'm just mystified by this whole process. So I'm really excited to be able to talk with you about that today. Before we get started, do you want to give a little bit more of a background as to who you are and what you do? Oh, thank you so much. This is one of those things, just like in sales, it's like they say the painter's home doesn't get painted. I'm so much better at helping everyone else and talking about myself sometimes (laughs) is challenging. So here we go. Who am I? So in the 30 second version of it, I basically spent 12 years in corporate and realized that there had to be like a better method, a bigger way to serve that had more flexibility. So I walked away around six years ago and came into this beautiful online space. And I've had the opportunity now to work with over 2000 entrepreneurs. And I do so in a way that is all about sales training and sales strategy. Basically, initially, I came into the personal development space where I led an evergreen team that brought in 4 million in a year, and I was responsible for 1 million myself. And then what I'm really known for is serving entrepreneurs in a way where I'm supporting them during their launches and live events. And I'm known for the strategy behind the scenes and also training sales teams that are known for their high conversions. Often those are 70% plus. So when people are like, oh, Jamie, like, what's your elevator? I'm, I'm like, ah, when I really think about it is I really love designing like sales strategies and processes that do the heavy lifting. Really so the entrepreneurs, the visionaries, the leaders, I want you to really be able to stay aligned and focus on the areas of business that keep you in your zone of genius. So I'm always like, let me come in, let me do the heavy lifting, let me train you and show you how sales can absolutely be beautiful. Because as you know, 
And as you also talk about in the book, sales are really what's needed to drive that revenue into the business without sales. It doesn't matter how good anything else is in our business. It's not going to move forward or grow. Exactly. You always need sales. Sales without profit is a red flag. Sales without profit is a red flag. Yeah, but you cannot have profit without sales coming in. And those are some pretty impressive stats you gave us. And one of the questions that comes to mind, and I know this weighs on a lot of business owners' minds, is that knowing the difference between marketing and sales strategies. Oh, that's a great, great question. Thank you so much. I'll start with not only knowing the difference, there is upfront a huge, huge disconnect when it comes to marketing and sales. So it's one of the top issues I see in a lot of companies when they bring me in. They'll start and they'll put somebody in a leadership role and they'll call somebody the director of marketing and sales or the VP of marketing and sales. These really are two separate departments, two separate entities, because it's really thinking and really utilizing aspects of the company in a different way. They do go hand in hand. But when you're thinking of your marketing strategy, your marketing strategy is really how do we get in front of leads? How do we bring leads into the business? The sales strategy is once we are in front of those leads, how do we then nurture and close them, right? How do we turn those leads into cash, into profit inside of the business? Now, they absolutely work together, but they really are two very separate things. Okay, that's really interesting because I never heard it explained to me in such a way. And it's very clear. It's very clear to me now. So you have a sales framework, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I would love to hear more about that. Yay, I love sharing this. So I'll back up a second and thank you for asking. So I always refer to the framework because this is the same framework when a lot of times I'm being recruited and brought in to support amazing visionaries during their seven-figure launches and events. That's what I'm known for is the framework. This is the framework. I'll share components of it today, but this is the same framework that I utilize to train my own sales teams. Now, whether it's amazing entrepreneurs that I'm bringing in or entrepreneurs that are already part of a business. This is the framework that I literally use to train them so they can have those high conversions and drive the revenue into the building. When I think about the framework, I really love looking at it. I know everybody loves a good acronym, and I really think about it as the word LEAD. And with that is basically leadership, excellence, authenticity, and then also drive. Thanks. So if I, yeah, thanks. I love, who doesn't love to lead? Who doesn't love to I know, right? It's easier to remember now. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny because as I was reading your book, Melissa, I was having so many of these aha moments when it comes to the acronym. So when I'm thinking about the framework and I think about lead, lead is really all about leadership. In your book, I think it's your step two and three. You really talk about knowing your financial reports and then also creating a plan. And that's what's happening with the framework when we're thinking about leadership. It's really having a good audit of your sales systems and then also how you're showing up as a team. But more so than that, the number one thing is sales is having a full understanding of the offer, the number, and the goals. Whether you are an entrepreneur that has a sales team or you're doing sales for an entrepreneur, you really want to have that big picture understanding of the company's number where they want to end up, and also why they want to end up there. The last thing you want to do as a sales professional is just be like, okay, this is offer, this is the investment. We really have to understand how that number, how that smaller investment really ties into the big financial goal so we understand what we're really a part of. And that's really where it comes down to 
leadership and those initial steps. And as an entrepreneur, we want your sales professionals to really be part of that bigger picture. When people understand the bigger picture, they're more likely to really feel like involved and show up in a bigger way to really truly help you hit your goal. Right. And then, yeah, I'll dive in if you want. Do you want me to share other parts of our beautiful acronym, Melissa? Yeah, I'm just thinking as we're yes. talking too, right? I'm Love just going to ask questions because Please. Um, I want to make sure that I'm asking questions that listeners Love may this. have. Yes. And when you're talking about the difference between marketing and sales, so marketing is getting the leads in and is that still like the nurture sequence and stuff like that still part of marketing? That's a great question. They really go hand in hand. So you're seeing all different numbers across the board. The beautiful thing with working online is it's constantly changing. It's not like a traditional corporate company or brick and mortar where things stay the same for like at that three to like seven year cycle. Unfortunately, in the online space, we're really kind of seeing things evolve every single six months. And what I mean by that on the marketing side of things, and we'll talk where like this hits nurture in a minute, on the marketing side, you're seeing everything, right? We see social platforms. You have to be part of this platform. You have to do this, all of the things, right? Those are evolving and it's saying, don't do this, stay here instead. And then on the sales end, the sales are different, you know, also like mechanisms that we're using, kind of like the workshops, the events, the webinars, you see those rotating too. So in the online space, oh, it's a lot more work because you're seeing things really evolve almost like every six months. Sooner do you have it down, and you're like, whoa, what just happened? This isn't working as well as it once did. And I know we all want to point fingers at like the algorithms and things are changing and do more, do less and things like that. But the reality is it's a business and we have to figure it out. So when we're looking at the nurturing sequence, what we know is now more than ever, there's a lot more touch points required to basically convert into a sale. That means dollars into the building, right? This is where there's kind of almost like a bridge between marketing and sales, where there's those upfront touch points, which mm-hmm. we're seeing in some of the marketing, which is building that whole know, like, and trust. And then that little bridge where once I come over to sales, because there's the mechanism, right? Let's say it's the webinar. Let's say it's the workshop. Well, it doesn't really stop there, right? Because then there's still the sales emails. Perhaps there's like a phone call. Perhaps you're touching base like before that. Perhaps you're doing like a high touch video or sending them like a text message and stuff. So when we're talking about nurture, nurture has a little bit more depth to it because when I think about nurture, I almost think about like marketing sales and the bridge in between. And both of those contributing to the touch points that are needed to convert someone. Now, I'm not talking about the $7 or $37 click to buy option. I'm talking about those higher tickets, those 3,000, 10,000, 15,000. Those are requiring a lot more touch points today and specifically post-pandemic. So what kind of problems do you typically see people have with their sales? Yeah, that's how, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, the problems. I love these (laughs) things. I would say all kinds of problems, but I would say the two things that are really coming up for me that I hear over and over again, just like up front in your step one, you talk about money mindset. I would say there's a mindset around sales. Mm -hmm. I would say the number one thing is there's so many gorgeous people that for whatever reason have a somewhat negative connotation when it's connected to sales specifically. Now, whether they had a bad experience of their own or they've never really been taught that sales can be beautiful. I would say the first thing we want to do there is really shift that mindset specifically that's around sales and really understand that sales is a beautiful transformation that you're offering somebody that's basically solving a problem. 
The second thing that I hear all of the time, oh, this is, I hear this on every level, whether you're just starting out or that multiple six figure or seven figure, they come to me and they say, we are getting the leads in the building and they're just not converting. I'm like, okay, well, when was the last time you listened to one of your sales conversations? Oh, we don't do that. Can I listen to one of the sales conversations? Often these will be recorded. And I will say, sadly, what I'm seeing is on so many different levels is that people, unfortunately, are just not trained well, specifically when it comes to the sales conversation. And there is a huge opportunity for growth there, for really strengthening that conversation from the very top of the conversation to closing on it. I think often people get very complacent and they want to dive right in and tell somebody about their offer, but they don't really take the time to get to know someone. So the more mm-hmm. I listen to these conversations, and what happens is when I say, you're probably like, Jamie, well, if somebody is a seven-figure entrepreneur, how could this be a problem? Because sometimes people are so busy as visionaries that they do not have that sales manager in that place or that person is wearing so many different hats that you can't always tend to the people that are having the sales conversations. And when I listen to these conversations, oh, it makes me so sad and you would be too. It's literally like leaking money. Literally, I mean, you think about all the work and the time and the effort, energy, time, money you're putting in to get these leads in the door and then to not be converting them. Oh my goodness. It literally, if I can visually think of just losing time, money, and energy, it makes me like so sad and it should you too. The opportunities are to really feel confident in that sales conversation and also the mindset around sales. I love that because I mean, I'm somebody who admittedly, I have confessed this in the past and I'll say it again. I struggled with sales when I first started. And the reason I struggled with sales is because I had the mindset brought to me by my parents Mm. and I didn't realize it at the time. So when I started my business, I was like, something's off here. What's going on? I went to a money mindset coach right away. And realized that because growing up, salespeople were the devil, right? It's like you should never be sold to. You always have to be in control and stuff like that, right? Anyways, you had a rewire. Yeah, no, just like your book. It's funny because when I read your book around, like, I think it was like rewiring, just exactly what you're sharing about your parents when it comes to sales, because my father was actually a construction worker, right? So money would be, even though I've always been financially blessed. As a child, money would be a little tighter during the winter months. I'm a Buffalonian, right? So I had this mindset as an adult that, oh my goodness, no matter how much money I was making, that like we can't spend money during winter time. Like we have to be cautious. So just like your book, how you had to rewire around sales, I had to do the same thing around money during winter months. These things happen. We inherit these things from our family member and we really have to rewire because there's tons of beautiful opportunity there. Yeah. So I really want listeners to know that if you're struggling with a mindset issue around sales, that you can totally transform it when you do the work. Yeah. Right. You know, you have to identify the issue, figure out what the trigger is, and then replace that behavior. Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, to think about like your own experience. I'll say this just quickly. When I walked away from corporate, it was really hard for a lot of people to understand because I was really, really in the top 4% in Buffalo, Niagara, number one at my company. You're talking like full benefits, basically investment match, making multiple six figures, and people just couldn't understand why I was walking away. And the truth is, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, she's in the nine to five, she's in the boys club, the corporate culture, yes, yes, yes. But it really took a sales conversation. I was speaking to someone and this person asked me, they said, Jamie, you know, when was the last time you went on a date with your husband? 
Jamie, who's taking your children to the birthday parties? Are you showing up as the mom that you want to be? It actually took an amazing sales conversation where most people would think like, oh my goodness, how can somebody dare ask those questions or that would be so uncomfortable. But those questions literally changed my life. Mm -hmm. That was my aha moment where I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Is this really how I want to show up? And it really allowed me to step into this beautiful space where I get to have my all and I get to be the mom, be the wife, be the best version of myself. And it really came down to, really, I'm forever thankful from a gorgeous sales conversation. So for those of you that aren't so comfortable around it or think it has to be like icky, I really think it's quite beautiful and life-changing. Yeah, because you're showing the authenticity in the sales conversation, right? Oh my goodness, all of it. Yeah, I will tell you this, when it comes specifically down to the sales conversation, there is unfortunately some tactics that are used and encouraged as far as those one-liners and the things to do. It's not my style. Every single thing that I teach really comes down to communication and relationship building and really nurturing that. So it really is thoughtful, really caring about human beings and really moving them in the right direction. And my number one rule is whatever you're selling, if it truly is not for the other person to really bless and release that relationship, you can maintain the relationship. But if you cannot serve them and what you're selling does not serve them, just get them moving in the right direction and know that in my mind, like that always comes back to you as well. Somebody is, it's so beautiful. You have natural marketers out there then that are saying gorgeous things about your company. It's so true because we all hear about those slimy sales calls. Horrible. And, you know, you just feel ick. They don't care. They're just pushing that whatever Product, it is. Whatever it is. Whatever yes. it is. They just want you to say yes. And yeah. now how do you feel? Because I know for me, when I'm in a sales call, especially for high ticket items, I always take the, okay, I need to sit on it for 24 hours before I make a decision, right? But so many sales coaches out there are teaching that that is not the most effective way to do it. Yeah. So how do you handle that? Because that's a great question. Yeah. Go ahead. That's a beautiful question. And this has evolved a little bit. I will say this. And what I mean by that is before Instagram was popular and Facebook ads were really kind of like every dollar you put in, you would get $5 back. You were seeing a lot more of those tactics being used, like close on the call, get people in. What kind of happened? It's really kind of like the online economy and being versed in it, right? And knowing what's going on. During the pandemic, people were really afraid and people started buying up courses and stuff. So a lot of people really profited during the pandemic. And unfortunately, what we saw is kind of like consumer confidence really go down because there was unfulfilled promises. People were spending a lot of money, which is one of the reasons more so now than ever, we're seeing a lot more touch points like being required, right? So Mm -hmm. I would say that whole close it and get it done. There's a time and a place. And what I mean by that is it is one thing if you are truly having a launch or a live event, and there's a certain time frame where doors truly close, meaning You just open this once or twice a year. Yes, it is absolutely okay to have things that create a sense of urgency as far as bonuses, financial savings, things like that. If you have an evergreen model and you're at a place where, you know, you're telling somebody like you decide right now, people do that. However, I would say nowadays we're seeing people want a little bit more time. They want to energetically check in. I would say the higher the ticket, the higher the investment. Given that opportunity, sometimes they want to move funds around. Sometimes they want to put things on the credit card where they're going to get like the most points or like cash back on it and stuff too. That is an opportunity, but I would still have a window and a plan. So I will say, so somebody like me, I'm guessing a little like you, 
because you're in the financial space, we tend to be a little bit more analytical. So for Mm -hmm. those analytical decision makers, I will say that when it comes to decisions, I always take my time. I'm very thoughtful in decision making. Trust in the process, meaning if the person's getting on call with you in the first place, there's a good chance that they've already done their research and they want to say yes. They're energetically making sure that it's the right fit. Let them do their due diligence. That's totally fine. Sometimes those people come back. They're not looking for the savings. They're not looking to be pushed. They want to know that it is really aligned and they will naturally say yes. There's also other buyers out there though. They want to be in that moment. They want to say yes there. So a lot of this comes down to not so much like the tactic or the push. It's really understanding who you're on call with and that energy of the buyer and what's motivating them. So I'm going to share one quick tool here that you can do and how you can find that out. So I will say this, in the framework that I teach, I teach a lot about understanding buyer characteristics. So you can understand who you're on call with in that moment, right? And what tool they're going to need, Melissa. But one of the things you could do and you really should do if you're having sales conversations, okay, whether it is Zoom or whether it is actually over like a phone call or whatever other method, have them fill out an intake questionnaire or a qualifying form. There's questions that you can literally ask up front to see what their buying style is, to learn who they are. So when you get on call, you can tell if they're going to be a little bit more analytical and need a little bit more time, or if they're excited or if they know somebody else who has joined you. So I would just say anything you could do to understand who you're getting on call with upfront, kind of that homework, the preliminary work upfront, and then really trust the situation and trust the energy in the room. The last thing you want to do is if you just had a gorgeous call and you feel like this person is the best fit ever, the last thing you want to do is lose that trust in the last moments and push them to do something they're not ready to do. I truly believe in my heart, the right people always say yes. And then if you want to have a decision right then, if you're like, Jamie, I really need to respect my calendar, there's other things you can do. You can do things like a 24-hour refundable deposit where if you want to lock them in or give them partial access or something. There's other things you can do without being that person that's going to be so aggressive that you just kind of like crumble that beautiful 45-minute phone call you just had. I love that. Those are really, really good tips. Thank you. So if somebody wants to work with you, what type of clients do you typically help? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Thank you so much for asking. So there's a couple different clients that I help. A lot of times I do have what's called a standout sales training. This is a 12-week training where I teach everything sales A to Z. And what that means is the psychology of it, the numbers behind the scenes, the confidence in the sales conversation. This is really for people that are kind of like, their goal is to really hit that six figures. They are growing, but they can't necessarily bring people onto their team yet. But they really have to understand the sales conversation, have confidence in sales and other methods to really put their call to actions and everything is out there. So I have the 12-week standout sales training, and this is for entrepreneurs that are growing their business. Is it live or is it digital? Oh, it is live. Awesome. Yeah, you get... Okay, so how cool is this? Yes. (laughs) Cool if you like energy. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. The 12-week sales training, that was really me tuning into my heart because really what I'm known for, right? The other way I help entrepreneurs I have a lot of very high six-figure and seven-figure entrepreneurs when it comes to the behind the scenes for the strategy and sales. I'm that person where you're like, oh my goodness, how did they pull that off? A lot of times I'm that person behind the scenes, bringing teams in, training their teams during launches and live events. So if you're like, Jamie, how can you give yourself? So when it came to the standout sales training specifically, I really tuned into my heart and was like, how can I take everything I've been known for and everything I know and that I'm passionate about and give in a big way? So not only is this 
over the course of 12 weeks, but I'm actually accessible twice a week. So I actually do a live training once a week. And then in addition to that, I'm basically there once a week where we get it all done. So whether you had that's your opportunity to ask me questions, that's your opportunity for accountability, that's your opportunity to set goals. I'm there for everybody once a week for an additional hour just to tune in and keep business flowing. So I really wanted people, yes, to have access to the trainings and recordings and ridiculous amount of resources that I've created, but also to have access for me because what we're seeing in a lot of these courses, and it's okay, but for me, what we're seeing is a lot of people that need that hands-on mentorship and we're seeing the visionary just not be involved. And that's not what I wanted. I really wanted to be there and support these amazing entrepreneurs to take off in business. I love that. Yeah. Is there any other way that you work with people? Yeah. So the other way is I am taking one-on-one clients that's in Rooted. And a lot of times, so people will come to me one-on-one. So one of the things you have people do upfront is look at their financial plan for the year, Melissa, right? And so- Love it. Yeah, love it. (laughs) So people will basically come to me then and say, okay, now I need to take my offers and strategically figure out when and how I'm going to roll these out. So when they come to me one-on-one, often that's exactly what I'm doing. We're basically reverse engineering their financial goal. Okay, your goal is to hit like 600,000 or 1 million this year. We'll basically look at the offers. We'll look at margins and then say like, okay, which one of these should be like evergreen? Which one of these should be like launched? How often are we doing this? And then what is the sales mechanism that we're using or creating the workshop, the live event, the webinar, whatever that may be, that mechanism. And we're figuring out exactly when to put that in place and for that to happen. So a lot of times I'll do that with people one-on-one. And then the other way that people do get to work with me, and I only do this three to four times a year because it is very energetically consuming, is I will support amazing visionaries during their launches and live events. So whether it is training their sales teams or coming in and bringing a sales team, but I handle literally everything from the recruitment to the training to helping them with the numbers and really managing the whole entire launch or live event. And I say, basically wrap it up, put a bow on it, and we close it out. That is fantastic. So this has been a great conversation. And I love the ways that you offer your support and guidance to whatever level they are in their business. Is there anything that you feel we haven't touched on that you want to leave listeners with today? Oh my goodness, that is such a beautiful question. Thank you so much for asking. If there's one thing I want every single person, no matter what stage of business you're at, it's really knowing that sales is absolutely beautiful, can and should be beautiful. This is something, if you're open to sharing, Melissa, if you go to jamieglinodavis.com, there's a free training. It's some of the framework that I utilize when I'm training these sales teams where I teach on like three really important steps. What I want everybody to know is whether you are having, you may say, Jamie, I have a click to buy or Jamie. I'm not directly having sales conversations, but the truth is what I want everyone to know is we are always having sales conversations. So whether it is in our social posts, whether it is on our podcast, whether it is from stage, whether that be in person or virtually, or having a conversation to sell a product or service, we are always having sales conversations, whether we think about it that way or not. So I want everybody to be well-versed in that conversation. And there's things that we always have to do whatever that conversation may be or where it may be. And that's exactly what I show in that free sales training on my site. I love that. And you're going to send us the link and we're going to leave it in the yes. show notes. So oh, I love that. to access. Well, this has been an absolutely fantastic talk. I am so grateful that you joined us today. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you for joining us on the She Means Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, I ask you to hit subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Melissa Houston CPA and join us in our She Means Profit Facebook group.